Hola, bienvenidos al Spanish Grammar Review. I'm Molly Martin, and this podcast comes to you from DocMolly.com, where you'll find interactive audio lessons that teach practical Spanish for healthcare and elsewhere. Listos? Empecemos! Welcome to the third premium audio lesson covering por versus para. Today we are going to compare the two prepositions side by side. So the next time you have to choose between por versus para, hopefully the answer will be obvious. Before we get started, I would like to announce a correction I just made in the audio for the last episode covering por. While listening to the episode on por this morning, I noticed that I incorrectly used the usted conjugation in a casual command in one of the examples. Hopefully you didn't notice and you'll get the following interpretation right. Using the verb pasar and addressing to, interpret, on your way home, stop by the store. Cuando vayas a casa, pasa por la tienda. I corrected the audio on August 11th, 2017. So if you downloaded the audio lesson before that time, just go to your podcast feed and delete that episode and then re-download it and you'll have the corrected version. Okay, let's get started. Now that we know how por and para differ in use and meaning, we are going to interpret pairs of sentences into English. And we'll see, as we interpret them, how the meaning changes depending on which preposition is used. Interpret, trabajo por Juanita hoy. I'm working for Juanita today. And since we used por here, we are saying that we are working on Juanita's behalf because for some reason she is unable to work today. Trabajo por Juanita. Interpret, trabajo para Juanita. I work for Juanita. In this case, we use para, meaning Juanita is the recipient of my work. She's my boss. I work under her. Interpret, vamos para la iglesia. We're going to church, or let's go to church. Para indicates a final destination, in this case, church. Vamos para la iglesia. Interpret, vamos por la iglesia. We go through, around, or by the church, depending on the context. Since we used por here, la iglesia is not our final destination. Instead, por indicates movement through, around, or by a location. Vamos por la iglesia. Interpret, es para la fiesta. It's for the party. We use para here to indicate the purpose of whatever we are talking about. 
For example, you may be holding a radio in your hand and you say, Es para la fiesta. But then how would you interpret Es por la fiesta? The interpretation here depends on the context. Since you used por, you are likely explaining the reason for something. For example, one of your friends looks preoccupied and you ask why. He responds, es por la fiesta esta noche. Estoy preocupado por la fiesta. You've invited a lot of people and he's worried about how it will go. Or maybe he gives you a big hug and you ask why. And he says, es por la fiesta noche. Le doy un abrazo por la fiesta noche. Here he uses por to express the exchange of gratitude for the party that you threw him last night. Interpret. Para mí, este proyecto tuvo mucho éxito. In my opinion, this project was very successful. So here we use para to express our opinion or perspective. Para mí, este proyecto tuvo mucho éxito. Interpret. Por mí, este proyecto tuvo mucho éxito. This project was very successful because of me. Here again, por is used to express the reason why something is. Por mí, este proyecto tuvo éxito. Interpret. Lo hice por ti. I did it for you. And here we use por. So we're either expressing a substitution. You were unable to do it, so I did it for you. I did it on your behalf. Or a motivation. I did it for your sake. You were my motivation to do something that I thought would benefit you. Lo hice por ti. Now interpret. Lo hice para ti. I did it, or I made it, for you. Here, para indicates that you are the recipient of whatever I did or made. For instance, I made a chocolate cake, and I say, lo hice para ti. Now interpret, ¿Por qué le escribiste a tu abuelo? Why did you write your grandfather? Since I used por here, I'm simply asking why. So you would respond with your reason or motivation for writing your grandfather. Because I miss him. Porque lo extraño. Now interpret. ¿Para qué le escribiste a tu abuelo? So here, when we use para, we're asking what did you write your grandfather for? What was your objective for writing him? What were you hoping to accomplish? You could respond, In order to ask a favor, para pedir un favor. So we use por when expressing a reason or motivation, and para when expressing an objective. And it can be a bit tricky to figure out whether you are expressing a motivation or reason and therefore should use por, 
or whether you're expressing an objective or purpose and therefore should use para. In Demystifying Spanish Grammar, Brandon Simpson clarifies the difference between using por to express a motivation or reason and para to express an objective or purpose. We use por to express a pre-existing situation or problem that is the reason or motivation behind an action. We use para to express an objective or purpose to indicate a future intention, a goal to be achieved through the action. So when you ask para que, you are asking what is the objective? What will be accomplished through this action? And when you ask por que, you're asking what is going on in the current situation that is the motivation or reason behind an action. Now this made me think of an example I used in a recent audio lesson on quedar. I used the phrase por quedar bien, which was an example given in the Collins Spanish-English Dictionary to mean to make a good impression or to look good. Lo hice por quedar bien. I did it to make a good impression or to look good. However, when we think of using por to express motivation based on a pre-existing condition or situation, and para to express an objective or future intention, I think para works better here. Lo hice para quedar bien. I looked into this further and found that para que is also commonly used to say to make a good impression. And after putting this por versus para series together, I think the preposition para is a better choice here because we are expressing an objective, a future intention. Lo hice para quedar bien. I did it in order to make a good impression. Yet, por quedar bien is used as well and was actually in the Collins Dictionary as an example. So I guess this is another lesson to us that we shouldn't get too hung up in trying to speak with absolutely perfect grammar, as there will always be variability in the interpretation and use of grammar rules, even by native speakers. Okay, let's review some more examples from the quedar episode where either por or para was used. Using quedar, do you remember how to interpret? We have three invitations left to write. Nos quedan tres invitaciones por escribir. So you may recall, we use por here to express what is pending, what we have left to do. Nos quedan tres invitaciones por escribir. Using quedar again, interpret you have a lot of dishes left to wash. Te quedan muchos platos por lavar. Using quedar, interpret, we have five kilometers left to go until we arrive. Nos quedan cinco kilómetros para llegar. 
So here we use para to point to a destination. Nos quedan cinco kilómetros para llegar. Using quedar, interpret, there are five days left until Christmas. Quedan cinco días para Navidad. Here, para points to a destination in time. Quedan cinco días para Navidad. Using quedar again, how would you interpret? They have two weeks left of training before the competition. Concurso. Les quedan dos semanas de entrenamiento para el concurso. Here again, we use para to point to a future destination in time, an upcoming event. Now, considering the use of por to express what is pending or left to do, let's compare these two common expressions. Interpret, hay muchas cosas por hacer. There are many things left to do. We're expressing what is pending. Now, how would you interpret? Hay muchas cosas para hacer. There are many things to do. But here we use para, so we're expressing the purpose of the things. So rather than expressing what we have left to do, we're simply remarking on the large variety of things there are to keep us occupied. Hay muchas cosas para hacer. Y es todo por hoy. And there's another interesting use of por. But the bell has rung, class is over, so I will write about this in the show notes. Next up, in September, I will be publishing a series based on an interview I did with a comadrona or midwife from Guatemala. And as always, if you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion regarding any episode you hear, just leave me a comment under the respective post. You'll find a link to the post at the bottom of the show notes. Hasta la próxima! This is a production of DocMolly.com where you will find interactive audio lessons that teach Spanish for healthcare and elsewhere. <laughs>